and welcome to the Netball Nation podcast. I'm your host, Emma Louise Jones, and as always, I'm joined by Sarah Bayman. Hello. Hey up, I'm Maggie Birkinshaw. Hello. How are we both, ladies? Yeah, good. Yeah, awesome, thanks. All good. I'd like to start off uh, this episode with, first of all, an apology, because I realised my voice sounds even deeper than normal. I was hosting the Football Blogging Awards over at the Etihad in Manchester last night. I had a very good time. I was talking a lot, and I've woken up with a very deep, very deep <laughs> voice this morning. I'd also like to give a shout out to a girl called Harriet, who was working there, who is a massive Netball nation Wait, fan yeah, up, Harriet. Harriet. Up, Harriet. <laughs> so hello and also as well just uh, well done to everyone that was there because it yeah. was a great thing and it was great to just commend people that are working in sports so well done right then uh, let's get cracking just quickly before we start the show we want to say a huge thank you for all of the support that you've given us so far we started netball nation back in january because we're all massively passionate about the sport and we thought there should be a proper home for the community now we've genuinely been blown away by the amount of people who've been listening to the podcast and getting involved on the social and we're very excited about growing the show and taking the next steps. We've got some very big plans for you. To help us out with this, we've set up a little donation page on the website where you can support the show for as little or as much as you can afford. We'd really like to be able to continue growing Netball Nation and promoting the sport, but there is a lot of work and cost that goes into it, most of which you probably don't know about, actually. It goes, a lot goes on behind the scenes. Uh, we travel to the studio from various corners of the country each week. I know, Sarah, you're always coming from all over the place, aren't <laughs> yeah. you? And then there's the editing, the scripts, the research, booking guests, the producing... All of it does take a lot of time and quite a bit of costs. And we enjoy bringing you the show every week and building it into something even bigger. That is the hope. That's what we'd really like to do. Now, we've set the donation at three quid a month, which is less than a takeaway coffee or a glass of wine in the pub. Yeah, give up your Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't really say anything when I'm sitting <laughs> with a Starbucks next to me, can I? Um, yeah, you better be signing up. Is, yeah, I know. I, oh, I'll be donating. Uh, but if you do want to support us with a bit more than that, it would be amazing. And if you can't afford it, do not stress because the show is is always going to be free for you. If you get a chance, go to mynetballnation.com, click on support and you can help make the show sustainable, spreading the word of netball. And you'll also be building up your karma levels. There's a lot to be said for that. A lot to be said for that. Right then, public service announcement over. (laughs) Onto the show. Let's get cracking. Welcome to Netball Nation. Another week, another busy show today, ladies, and we'll be starting with a look at very exciting final round of the Vitality Super League, which has confirmed the top four teams. <laughs> we'll be talk- that was that was in tune. It actually. was. Uh, right, we'll be talking about last week's results, and of course, looking ahead to the all-important semi-finals. We'll be crossing the pond to discuss round two of the Suncorp Super Netball, and of course, keeping an eye on how the Roses are performing on court. There's also the results from the Under 16 National Club Championships, which took place over the weekend. You it- were there, did, I was there. Can't wait to hear about that. Uh, finally, we're really excited to be joined by Manchester Thunder assistant coach and Northern Ireland head coach Dan Ryan, who's going to be chatting about the finals of the Vitality Super League and the upcoming home World Cup this summer. How does that sound, guys? It sounds a full packed show. Ooh, I'm going to take a deep breath and then we'll crack on. An action packed Saturday saw all teams in action for round 18 of the Super League. Wasps, the only team to have confirmed their semi final place with a game in hand, whilst Manchester Thunder, Loughborough lightning <laughs> uh, team bath and saracens mavericks battling it out for the three remaining spots now sarah we cannot continue without saying a huge oh, massive fire congratulations <laughs> after you. a convincing win over dragons loughborough have secured their place in yes. yes 
everyone can breathe again. Yes. We were just talking about biting our nails before yeah. we started the podcast. And I yeah. feel like now you can grow yours. To well, yeah. Well, once, once the season's over. Yeah, that's true. Wait a little longer. We're going to be flying. You, yeah, but you must be buzzing right now with that. Yeah, yeah. Really happy. Um, the colour's back in your face anyway now. <laughs> had, a, had a few hours of sleep now. Yeah. Yeah, no, but really happy. And um, I think last week we talked about not looking at other teams' scores during the game and mm-hmm. didn't at all. But then after the game, someone was like, at one point in the third quarter, you were drawing with Dragons, Thunder were drawing with Storm, oh, Mavericks wow. were drawing with Sirens. And I was just like, oh, thank, thank th- God. Thank God I didn't look at them. Because uh, that's the kind of thing that make me keel. Yeah, I'd be yeah, like, no, yeah. no, no, not for yeah, me. But- uh, Loughborough got the all-important home so win against the Dragons' side. Like you say, Dragons have been persistent in pushing teams for the full 60 minutes. We know that. We've spoken about it on Netball Nation before. But... But Loughborough stamped their authority, taking a six-goal lead in the opening quarter. Now, how did the girls prepare for that game? And how did they manage to, under pressure, execute such a good performance, do you reckon? I was just saying to Maggie before, I, I don't think any of the girls had been in the situation before where they had to win the last game to make semis. And it's, it is quite an unusual situation. Um, so the pressure was on last week and, and everyone was quite tense. I think the main thing we spoke about was just was just doing our own thing. You know, if you think about the bigger picture and what it means, then you get tied up in everything else and, and you've just got to control what, what you're doing on court because it's, it's just another game of netball. So, yeah, proud of them. They had a bit of a wobble in the third quarter. Um, but other than that, you know, they, they managed to see it out and, and that was that was the really pleasing thing because that we like I said, we knew if we won, no one could knock us out of the the top yeah. four. So it was really just about doing our own job. Yeah, like you say, Dragons did step it up a bit at one point, but did you always feel in control of that game? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any gifts or means at this point? No, I don't think so. T- to be fair, I was like giving it my calm face on Saturday because I was like, if I look stressed, the girls are yeah. gonna get stressed. And and, and to be honest, I, I say I didn't always feel in control. I never felt like we were going to lose that game. Even when we went level, I felt like we were the better team. But Dragons did put us under pressure. And, you know, it was Kyra Jones's last game for Dragons. Um, we talked about this last week. She's played for them for a huge number of years. Is a massively important player for them. And, and you could tell that they were playing with a bit of emotion. And oh. that's the last thing you want to play a team mm. who have got nothing to lose, but everything, everything to gain. Absolutely. Um, and they did play well and they put us under a lot of pressure. And um, it's probably a good thing now that we've won it, that, that we had that bit of pressure going into semi-finals week yeah definitely and what were the girls like afterwards after the win do you know when everyone's just so relieved that it's like <laughs> exhaustion yeah. i think everyone's that, ready for a nap yeah everyone was just like i everyone's just like let's just get get home you know get home and go to bed well i don't know if the girls were but i was um, oh. but yeah no they were they were happy with it and i i think it kind of justified our place you know if Absolutely. we hadn't won that game people would have been like oh well they didn't deserve to be in the semis because you can't beat dragons at home but well, you know they do, she did it. and they're there yeah. Sarah hair flick mic drop leave right now <laughs> after that I've got to do my hair yet for tomorrow <laughs> but yeah sure right moving on to Team Bath who scored a massive 72 goals against Pulse clinical in attack and formidable in defence Team Bath executed their final game of the ordinary season in style making a statement to mark the end for head coach Jess Thurlby yeah. of course uh, now Maggie Team Bath have been persistent in operating in a rotational circle all season with the Kmaine and Drakeford-Lewis duo. Do you think, given their recent form, could this be the perfect recipe for semi-final success? Do you know what? I've, I hope so. Mm. I mean, I've talked about Kim Kmaine and about uh, Drakeford-Lewis all season. They mm. have absolutely blown my mind watching them work that circle. I've, I've even been calling Kim Kmaine, you know, like um, Riverdance feet because <laughs> that girl can move herself. She moves around that circle beautifully. And then you've got Drakeford-Lewis who just ties up defenders. So... 
they've got it together. They've got their groove just about right. And I'm hoping that, you know, come the, the big day that they do what they've got to do. They're both massive powerhouses when it comes to shooting. They're both as dangerous. So fingers up. Let's hope. Yeah, you're certainly back in the mighty mags. Right, Sarah, turning to the coach's corner. Yeah. Uh, Jess Thilby, in a post-match interview, made the statement, we're where we want to be and where we expect to be. Uh, so Team Bath are the most decorated Super League team with five titles to their name. How useful is a successful past when you're planning for the semi-finals? It is, it is useful, um, mainly because you've still got players in there who've won previously. So mm. you've got Ebony Beckford-Chambers in there, you've got Serena Guthrie in there, possibly Mia mm. Ritchie. You've got players in there who've, who've won titles with Team Bath, and so they know what it takes to win. They've won it on the biggest stage. The, there is a history that gets passed down, and I think... What Bath will want to ensure is that they never have a team without players in it who've won the title for Team Bath. Mm. Um, and if they don't win it in the next year or two, they'll be in danger of that. And then that legacy, I mean, it's, it's all, hard, it's hard, it's hard to yeah. continue yeah. it if you don't have a continuation mm. of players in that team. Um, like they've, they've won the most amount of titles, but when, well, I think the last one was 2013. It's so it's ago. it's a while ago now and, and Bath are very, very proud. Like I won two titles with Bath and we were always very proud of, of the legacy and the history that, that you're creating. And I think Jess, especially in her last season, she's been part of that since the beginning. She'll want to make sure that that continues for the next five five to ten years in terms yeah. of Bath being the dominant force in, in Super League. It makes perfect sense that it's logical that you want those people who know how to win to still be there to, to lead almost. Yeah, and if you've, and you've got a couple of big leaders there, haven't you? With Serena, and yeah. with, you know, and with Ebony, Ebony, you know, Commonwealth gold medalists. Yeah, exactly. You know, they know how to lead. They, they, they know, know how to and win. they know how to play under pressure. Mm. And and I think if if you won it with with a group similar to this now and you've got the likes of Summer Artman and Imogen Allison mm. who who could potentially and it's not to say they'll stay at Bath but could potentially be at Bath or return to Bath and still be there in six or seven years yeah. time then in that group you've got you go well when we won it in 2019 yeah. and you can be that boring person that, <laughs> but those people calm everyone down because mm. they go you know what it's fine like yeah. we've done this before and you know I know everyone's nervous but it's just a game like look we're all them. good it's almost yeah a wall yeah. of calm yeah it all. Uh, well impressively you both predicted all of the winners correctly this week high five minute yes, yes. <laughs> it's the first time for everything no money in my kitty no. though uh, tough day at the office for Manchester Thunder who took the win 55-60 away to Surrey Storm Storm have been building all season and have delivered some big performances and once again pushed a top four team to the wire mm. uh, Wasps had a convincing win away to seven stars which ended 45 60 to the visitors while Saracens Mavericks left their destiny in other teams hands relying on another team to slip up on the day to be in with a chance of semi-finals they took care of business by securing the win against the ferocious siren side which finished 50-45 but it unfortunately wasn't enough it is another fifth place finish for Saracens Mavericks despite recruiting really well over the summer of 2018 the league table position from last season remains unchanged so Sarah how are Saracens Mavericks going to build from that <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah I mean I don't even I don't necessarily think this will be controversial I don't think it'll be massively popular with Mavericks fans but I think they are the biggest underachievers in this league mm. by a long way and I mean why why is that because year on year they don't do what they should do and if if you've got a squad where you've got George Fisher, Kadeen Corbin, Gabby Marshall, um, Razia Khwashi. You've, you've got some you've big got, names. There's four England players mm. for you, for a start. You've then got quality imports. You've got Joe Tripp in there, who, who's a, a big name player. Georgia Lees, for me, was Saracen's best player of the season, despite not being an international compared to some other players. 
But you've got these massive names. You've got a, a huge roster and then you don't make top four. And to me, there's something, I don't know, there's something wrong there because it happens year on year. And every What is it? I, I, I think it's, it's got to be a culture thing because it can't happen year on year that you have a great squad and you don't perform and you can't just go, oh, you know, we didn't quite make it this year. Well, no, because you said that last year and you said that the year before that and the year before that. So what, like something within that club is going wrong because you can't have that quality of player and underperform year on year. And every year at the beginning of the season, they're like, this is our year. Yeah. We really think we can win it. Yeah. And and at some point, everyone just goes, yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. Do you, like, no, and, it does seem that and, way, though. And this year, even I, because I, like, I, I'm not anti-Mavericks, but I, I do think they're a bit flaky. But even this year, I was like, do you know what? They could be right. They, they, could, they could win it this year. And then it's somewhere in the mid-season, people just go, oh, same old Mavericks. Mm. I can say this now because they've not qualified. It might be a different... Like, had they made semis, they could have won the thing yeah. because they've been so up and down. Yeah. But how can how can that be when you've got so many good players? Do you think it could be a confidence thing that maybe you kind of... If you do what you've always done and you kind of expect what you've always got? I don't even think it's about the confidence. They, they ooze confidence. So, the individuals ooze confidence within their But collectively, as a team then, are they accepting? Are they just accepting? I, I think they they're too accepting of failure. Yeah. And I think they've got too many luxury players, which... To me, means you can have one player in your team who gives ball away because when because they bring something else because they bring something very special to the Mm. team. Mavericks have got two or three of those, and then you start to give too much ball away. And it's interesting that, isn't it? You think that would have the total opposite effect. Yeah, and but I mean, it's like say like a Ronaldo in football. Like he's not going to track back, but Mm. my God, he's going to score you some goals. So you can have one of them. You can't have four Ronaldos in your team. No, that's true. Because then no one's defending. Yeah. So and it's a little bit like the the same with the netball. You can have one massively flair player who's going to do something incredible but he's going to chuck a few balls away. But you have two or three of those in a seven-man team and things start to go wrong. Yeah, clearly. Well, Mags, uh, Saracens Mavericks signed a partnership with Saracens RFU. How do you think this result's going to be portrayed by their backers and investors now? It's a difficult one because we were talking to Georgia weren't we, um, earlier in the uh, season about what the partnership looked like with uh, Saracens yeah. and she wasn't sure. And I'm not completely sure. You know, it's about business. You know, these people haven't invested 50% into this club without it, you know, having some sort of a return. They've not done any worse than they did last season. They've not done any better. And without wanting to second guess exactly what that partnership looks like, it's going to be difficult. But there will be questions and people will have to come up with some answers. I think the thing the thing with Mavs, though, is that they're always going to get attention because they have big name players, because they play, uh, I guess, an exciting, exciting brand of netball. But we've already said that that exciting netball it has cost them. Yeah, yeah. it has. But I, I mean, commercially, that that it, might not it be is the an case. Exciting prospect, mm. maybe yeah. as for an investor. Mm. But then again, you look at it and you go, you do still want a return on investment. Yeah, That's you do. Expected, isn't it? Yeah, you do. And I and I think Maverick. Oh, well, Saracens will be looking at, at that and go next year. You've got to make top four, and Absolutely. then it and then it comes with a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see that and watch that unfold. Now, as mentioned, last weekend's fixtures concluded the preliminary rerun. Re- I can't say that word. <laughs> prelim. Just say prelim. Pre- prelim rounds of the 2019 Vitality Netball Super League season. Semi-finals take place tomorrow, both to be aired live on Sky Sports, which is great, from mm. quarter to five. Uh, the positioning is key, with Wasps finishing in top spot, securing a home semi-final against Loughborough Lightning. Mm. And, uh, and Thunder finishing in second place, securing a home semi-final against Team Bath. Now, Sarah, a whopper of a game for you and the yeah. girls this one what is the mood in camp how are preparations going now 
The mood has been really, really good. Um, I think because we were under pressure last week because it was in our hands and we were expected to win, everyone was quite edgy. This week, I think because we're underdogs, um, we're not necessarily expected to win. It's like like a pressure valve has just been released. So everyone's yeah. just trained really well, happy happy to get going, just raring to go now. I think. There's a lot to be said when there isn't that pressure. When you are the underdog, mm. there's a lot to be said for how you can compete then. But, yeah. But I, mean, Sarah, I mean, I like to think, don't forget, you know, Wasps have been beaten quite a few times yeah, this have. season. And Loughborough were the first team ever to sort of break Wasps. So, you know, and they've beaten them this season. Yeah, and, and, and that, but I think it's a nice position to be in because we, ha- we have belief that we, that we can win, but also know that there's not a huge yeah. amount of expectation. Yeah on us you know I think Wasps have have looked more fallible than they have done in recent years but they've also got a ridiculously good team so you know you know the task ahead of you but if you can go into it just going we're just going to give this a red hot crack then I think that's the best case scenario well it goes without saying that we're rooting for you thank you everyone here at Netball Nation is rooted for you no offence Wasps (laughs) now uh, Maggie Team Bath have turned over Thunder twice this season uh, which will give them a lot of confidence going into the semi-final what sort of game do we have on our hands with this one do you reckon oh it's going to be a humdinger (laughs) it's going to be end to end stuff yeah Bath have turned them over twice most recently just a couple of weeks ago Um, you know you've got the the flair that you get with uh, Leona Leona Leota have I got that right? Sorry if I spoke. Liana Leota. Thank you. Yay. Thank you, Sarah. Um, and, you know, she is deadly on the ball. So, you know, Bath, you're going to have to do a job on her. It's going to have to be a nice tight man-to-man on her and shut her down completely. You've then got the um, short game that I think uh, Karen's going to play because you've got the likes of Serena who likes to just go prowling and she will steal ball just for fun and smile while she's doing it. <laughs> so I'm sure that it's going to be a nice short game with little or no opportunity for anybody to steal ball because I just think the scoreboard is going to go goal for goal, goal for goal, goal for goal until somebody makes a mistake. Thunder, usually very, very good with the ball. Usually don't give it away. They're very good at ball in hand. Whereas you've got a little bit more openness from Bath. So I'd say it's going to have to be steal the ball from Thunder, turn it over, and then Thunder are going to have to shut down the second phase, that nice long, deep second phase ball that they like to use that keeps the game a little bit open for Bath. Tough one. Mag's incredibly well articulated that. I was gripped. I was like, yeah, and then what? And then what? And then what? Well, it is exciting. It'll be good to watch that. Now, some off-court news, guys. Sam Bird's been announced as Pulse head coach for the 2020 Vitality Netball Super League. This is a big loss for Seven Stars as they've made impressive progress throughout the season. Uh, Mags, where does this leave Seven Stars then, do you think? They're looking for a new coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leaves them without a coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, congratulations to Sam. You know, the best of luck to her. I know that, you know, she does some serious motorway miles to deliver her coaching and it takes a little bit nearer to home and to her family, spending a little bit more time with the family. She's done a great job at Seven Stars. We're looking for that coach now. We're looking for somebody who's available to go and step into those big boots that she's left. Who's out there? There's a few uh, coaches that maybe are looking for a job that maybe not got a job after the end of this season. And maybe we should get ourselves a fledgling, you know, somebody a bit like Sarah, you know, new coach, stepped up, taking on a big job and doing an amazing job. So as we said earlier in the season, put your arms around these new coaches, you know, give them a hand rather than try to batter them down. Maybe a new coach, somebody that's going to retire from World Cup, you know, from netball uh, might decide that it's a job for them. Well, these kind of coaches, like we know from sorry, you could thrive in that position. You really With the can. right sort of people wrapped around you, you can do anything you want. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah, how much will Paul's benefit from Sam's experience and wealth of knowledge, do you think? 
I think Pulse will benefit. I think they were left a little bit behind the eight ball last year because they recruited a coach so late that then trying to recruit players, they were very late to the party. Whereas now they've got Sam in place early. Um, she'll be able to kind of approach the players that she wants nice and early and try and put a team together that, that she wants and that reflects what, what she wants from a team. Um, and then the opposite is true for stars. You know, you, you feel like now they're in a difficult situation because... They'll be trying to contract players. They'll. It's hard to contract players without a coach. You're trying to look for a coach. It's difficult to find a coach. There's a process to go through that'll take some time. But yeah, I think I think it's a smart decision by Pulse to get a, a recognised sort of experienced Super League coach in there and, and one that players will know and I'm sure some players will follow. You know, um, just out of interest, politically, like in the world of netball, when this mm-hmm. happens, when coaches move or go elsewhere... Does it stir up any bitterness from the places that, like, you know, if they come head to head again, what's the feeling like around that? I think it depends what your relationship's like with with teams and with, and with people. Mm. Um, I think generally, you know, it's it's a, a choice that Sam's made for, for lifestyle reasons as much mm. as anything else in terms of being based near London. And so I imagine, like, if, if she's given stars some notice and, and, you know, she's left on good terms, it'll be absolutely fine. Like, she's good. She's done a great job at stars, like, from where they started to where they are now. I think she's done a really good job. Um, I think it's just, it's probably a worry for stars now where they go from here. Be interesting to watch that one. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, and as always, we'll run through the all-important predictions at the end of the show. But moving on now, we cross the pond to round two of the Suncorp Super Netball Competition. A world-class showdown between the Collingwood Magpies and the Queensland Firebirds finished in the first draw of the season finishing 57-57. Swifts continued their remarkable form, securing win number two of their 2019 campaign, beating Adelaide Thunderbirds 61-43. Sunshine Coast Lightning had a lot to prove after a heavy defeat in round one and answered all of their critics with a huge 80 goals against the West Coast Fever. Full-time score, 80-55. Finally as well, the Melbourne Vixens took a home win against the Giants 61-45, leaving Giants bottom of the table and two consecutive losses. Tracy Neville's been in the crowd for the opening rounds of the competition and catching up with the England Roses who are competing down under. So Sarah, with you first. Mm. Uh, Giants recruited two of the world's best shooters in Joe Harton and Caitlin Bassett. However, they're yet to secure a win. What are your thoughts on their combination? Is it too early to tell? It's a little bit too early to tell. I, I was interested that Joe didn't put a lot of shots up in that game. They, they were kind of trying to feed Seabass. And like, I mean, if you've got a shooter like Joe who can shoot 90%, just give her the damn ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> geez, get her in that circle yeah. and give her the ball. I think Giants have got a few problems. Caitlin Bassett has been injured. Um, she had a broken wrist or whatever. And, and she looks a little bit rusty. When that attack end clicks with her, Joe Hart and Kim Green, that's going to be unbelievable. But their defence end, I think like Sue Gordian said a couple of weeks ago when we spoke to her, their defence end, there's still question marks over. So if you're going to let a a load of goals in, you need your attack end to to bail you out at times. And I think um, that's the fight that that Giants are going to have this year. Well, Mags, with a number of the English Roses playing in Australia, how useful is it for Tracy uh, to be there, to be present in Australia for fixtures leading into the World Cup? Uh, hugely important. Um, I mean, Tracy will have kept dabs on all her players that are overseas playing. She'll have had regular contact with their coaches, um, updates, telling them just exactly how they're doing and how they're developing. Uh, it's no surprise that it's coming very, very close to that time where she's to choose her special 12 that mm-hmm. are going to go to the Netball World Cup. Yeah. And the fact that she's over in Australia watching the girls perform um, is is huge for them. Um, you know, it's the the best netball 
competition you know in the world and these girls are performing on the biggest platforms week in week out so they're getting pushed constantly pushed and they will be you know learning their craft and it can't do anything but help us out make our roses even stronger definitely well finally we'd like to wish natalie haythornway a speedy recovery who's undergoing rehab for a hamstring injury hope to see her on the court for the swifts in a couple of weeks time so get, get well, well soon, soon. Nat, Nat. right uh, over to you now mags because oh. back to the uk in the results of the 2019 national club under 16 <sighs> finals uh, last year's runner-up oldham went one better and took home the trophy as they overcame eagles in this year's final clubs from all over the UK took their under-16 squads to Redbridge Leisure Centre last weekend to battle it out to be crowned the best in the country. 18 sides set out their stall to make it through the rounds where two days of impressive netball were contested. Oldham completed a remarkable run which saw them secure a perfect record across the two days of action. Obviously, you were there, you were coaching your club at the Championship. Can you talk us through, Maggie, your experience and the tournaments? Wow. Uh, well, first, like, big shout out to uh, Oldham Netball Club. They were phenomenal. You know, they went through perfect 10 and were deserved winners. So congratulations to Oldham. Moving on to my own girls at Leeds Athletic, super, super proud of them. I think we'd explained earlier that within our region, Leeds Athletic are kind of like the number one performance club. And as a consequence of that, we don't get pushed. In all the rounds leading up to that competition, the girls sail through every single game. Um, and sometimes don't even get out of third gear. So what we're trying to do, obviously, is to, to build up through the region and make everybody else, you know, sort of step up and, uh, and get a little bit better. So when we get to that tournament, that's the first time that our girls are tested and they know about it. You know, from, from the first whistle, bang, it is on. Some of those girls are tough and they are ruthless. So it was a bit of a, a, a wake-up call, that first game that they played. That as an aside, they soon stepped up and they soon you know, got in step with the game. They did exceptionally well and we ended up playing for third and fourth. We ended up losing to Charmwood in the uh, bronze medal place and the girls were completely deflated. They just could not give any more. So as a coach, exceptionally proud. The development of the girls, the performance of the girls was first class. I need to now look at how we managed to get our girls over that hurdle of third and fourth because we've been there too many times. Just very much like Sarah was saying about the Mavs situation yeah. where they've got the girls and they end up in fifth place, you know, consistently in fifth. Well, we end up consistently third, fourth. So it's getting it to that next level. It's taking it to the next level. And that basically means that, you know, I have to find stronger competition for our girls, even if that means taking them out of the region. You know, they're tough and they can take those hits. But it's that making sure you've got enough in your body, enough in your legs to keep you going right to the end of the competition and getting you over that line so you don't end up fourth every single year. You get to third and then you go from third to second like Oldham did second last year. They took the spoils this year. Well, Mags, you said they put their heart into it and they did you proud. So let's give yeah, them a round Yeah, fourth in the country yeah. as well. Yes. It's pretty awesome. Well awesome done, girls. well done. Yeah. Uh, and Sara, we've talked about the importance of national club and school competitions, haven't we, quite a few times. Can you relay what this level of competition offers for our future roses? Well, it's massive. And, and I think there was a conversation had on Twitter, kind of Laura Malcolm started it when she was doing um, the pathway coach role at, at Thunder, about how she makes it clear to the girls in the Thunder pathway, you won't all play for England and you need to in, enjoy the journey because maybe maybe one of you will play for England maybe none of you will play for England because the number of people that play and then the number of people that play for England like it's point something something one not 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 one percent will make it 
But I think what these competitions do is is they give a really good experience of pressure and competition play. I think like like Laura Malcolm was saying, it's important that the girls enjoy the journey and winning under 16s nationals or coming second or third or fourth or whatever is huge for those girls. And if it's the biggest thing that you ever do, it's still a big thing. It's massive. And it does give you a really good grounding in in competition netball. And I think it's a massive stepping stone to to go on to seniors and under 18s, under 19s and and senior netball. Um, But it's... It's a great competition in its own right, and I think we like we need to just remember that that you know these girls are are still there to enjoy it, and yeah, you enjoy winning, but also I still remember going away to national schools with my under sixteens team, and what a great weekend we had. Yeah, even exactly. even now, and so it's the experience. It's yeah. all of it. The social experience. Exactly, as well. exactly. And so you've you've kind of got to enjoy that journey. But they're they're so young though, still at that age, and it's netball will be a huge part of their life. They'll dedicate a lot of time to it. Do you think it's disheartening at all at that age when they think actually I might never ever get to play for England? It is disheartening, but I I think I was told at seventeen I'd never play for England by a coach, which is like oh wow yeah I mean like <laughs> look what happened yeah but I, exactly like you don't have to believe them and yeah. and I mean it's it's an awful thing to say to an individual you're never going to play for England like that's horrible yeah. But I don't think they should get disheartened either because at 16 or 17, I probably looked like I was never going to play for England. <laughs> so I, I, the develop, like people develop at different rates. I, like there was girls at 13 who were setting the world on fire and you're like, I'm never going to be as good as them. And by the time you got to 18, they disappeared. It all changed. It's all changed. Remember and, that then. Yeah. Well, we do, I mean, yeah. I mean, we talk about managing their expectations as well because, you know, some girls who, who do show that flair at really, really young, they drop off or they drop out. Yeah. And, and there's a, and there's a burnout effect as yeah. well. Like like I did all sorts of sports and you know really enjoyed all sorts of sports. But you know if some of these sort of like child prodigies, you know they 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 play netball and they they play netball seven times a week, and you're thinking, why? It's like what does too it, intense. Like what for. what are you going to get for it at thirteen? Yeah. You, you're going to get sick of netball. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to have no life. You're going to resent it. So actually, getting some balance and getting some perspective in your life is a really good thing. And and I think you'll find that. A lot of the a lot of the best netballers, but also definitely a lot of the most well balanced netballers have other things in their life. And you look at like we've talked about Leila Gusketh before, but you know, she's she's a qualified doctor. She was also like a grade eight concert pianist. Like that girl had some things going on in her life. God was good to her. And balanced yeah. it and managed to balance it all. But like yeah. we take the mick out of Serena Guthrie because every sport you play, like you'll go into a bar and you'll play ping pong or something like that. <laughs> Played table tennis for Jersey, yeah. and we're like, <laughs> and then, is there anything you exactly done? like? We go go like lawn balls. Oh, I did lawn balls for Jersey. And we're like, mate, it doesn't count. It doesn't count because one is there like ten people on Jersey, yeah. and also was it like was it like under twelves? Because but, but you know those people like who just have natural ability, yeah, but also have some perspective because they've got more than netball in the mm. life, and I think that's really important for these young girls that they don't just go oh, I want to play for England. And if I don't play for England, I'm a failure because that's Absolutely. not the case. Do you think it's a difficult balance though, Sarah? Because, you know, as a coach, you just want as much time as you can possibly get with those girls. And knowing that, you know, you've got these athletes who have school netball, which is really important to them as well. You know, some of the girls that I've got go to some really nice schools and it's the be on and end all that they win those school competitions, that they also do hockey, that they also do gymnastics. And it's that balancing the time, but making sure you get your time as yeah, well. Yeah, and it is a difficult difficult balancing act. I think 
parents play a part in it. If you've mm. got sensible parents who go, actually, you've got your GCSEs, you need to just sit down. Which and is where we are right and, now. And chill yeah. the hell out. Mm. Then great. When when you've not got that parental influence, I think it, I think kids get stuck in the middle of it and it's really difficult. And then coaches have like a duty of care to people to, to not demand so much of them sometimes. Um and sometimes you need to because you want to get them better and they need to learn how to train and all the rest of it. But sometimes you need to just back off and be like, you know, you're still a, a child yeah. fundamentally. On that note then, Max, can I just ask you, mm. have you had either a, a parent or a set of parents or one of your girls come to you and say, everything's getting on top of me. I don't know how I'm going to juggle it all. And have you seen the impact of them? I'm just thinking if, if if there is someone listening to this thinking, I play, I don't know how to juggle everything, uh, but I've got high targets and expectations for myself. Have you had someone come and say that to you? And if you have, what advice would you give them? We're going through that right now because mm. it's GCSE time. Yeah. And I have that age group, under 16s, under 17s. So it's it's massive for them at the moment with the GCSEs. So it's, it's that fine balance between knowing that they need to have some leisure time away from their books and actually, you know, still managing to, to keep their fitness up and still do a little bit of something. What we've decided to do is just to completely slash training in half so that they only have to turn up to one session a week. And if they can't make that session because they've got an exam on the next day, then that's fine. So we're trying to to compromise, to try and keep it ticking over for them, accepting and understanding that the GCSEs are are big because the parents put a lot of pressure on them. These girls put a lot of pressure on themselves. We're talking about A-star students here that want to go off to fancy, nice sixth forms and universities. So it's difficult because as a coach, all you want are those girls but that duty of care is huge because they are young. it's great to hear. It's yeah. great to hear that you're doing that. that yeah. There is that level of understanding out there in the sport. That's really good. Yeah. And uh, on that note as well, congratulations to every single person who took part in the under-16s competition. Yeah. Yeah. Right, next up, we're very excited to introduce this week's guest, Dan Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us. Firstly, how are you doing? Yeah, going very well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to be back over here in the UK and really looking forward to uh, getting stuck into some finals action this weekend. It's uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. Absolutely. Let's talk semi-finals. Congratulations to Manchester Thunder on securing a home semi-final. How are preparations going? Yeah, we've had a really good week. It was obviously um, right down to the wire last weekend against Surrey Storm to secure that, that second place and really happy, obviously, to... To get the home semi-final, we play well at home and uh, really looking forward to third time lucky against Team Bath. So it's been a pretty intense week of training. Greggy's done a great job getting the squad organised and uh, yeah, really looking forward to, to rolling out a, a really exciting match on Saturday. Sorry, you look like you wanted to say something. I then. was I was <laughs> just going to ask you, Dan, if you, if you could have picked your semi-finalist, who would you have picked? Oh, look, to be honest, I think... Um, we probably didn't want to come up against Loughborough Lightning just yet. We might save that for the grand final. Oh, <laughs> that's the right <laughs> answer. <Yes. laughs> but I think I think the reality of the competition was that anyone in the top four is capable of beating anyone on their day. And I think um, it was more around, I guess, securing the home crown advantage more than anything else as opposed to the opposition. I think every team is dangerous. Every team has their lethal strengths, but also perhaps their, their gaps and vulnerabilities. So I think it's um, whoever shows up on their day and, and has a few things up their sleeve that perhaps haven't been rolled out yet uh, is going to be the winners on the day. So, yeah, game on for anyone, I guess. Yeah, that's something that we hear you guys echo a lot, isn't it? That anyone on the day can do it. Yeah. 
Uh, now, Manchester Thunder have won the title in 2012 and 2014, Dan. How important is it for you that this group of players win and bring the title back to Manchester? Yeah, I think at the start of the season when Greggy put the squad together and she really obviously made some changes from last season in bolstering the depth on the bench and also the ability to change the lineup and um, I think that's been a real a real strength of the squad this year, and I, th- I guess when we look at this year as a whole, it's it's a real opportune time for this squad. There's a lot of senior athletes in the team that have been there for a while, played for a long time together. That that perhaps we look at this as a great opportunity to go all the way. And but we do know that it's it's all about performance on the day, and um, it's so critical that that everybody rocks up on game day, ready to put out their best under pressure. And you know it's great having big names and depth and strength, but at the end of the day, it's about what you roll out in that six. 60 minutes of pressurised netball and uh, we're confident we can do it. We also know that we're coming up against, you know, a team in Team Bath and, and potentially if we make it into the grand final, really quality squads across the board. So it's so much about the group themselves putting out their very, very best and knowing that to get the job done, that's exactly what they're going to have to do. Absolutely. And the 2019 Vitality Netball Super League has been unpredictable along the way and it's been very competitive as well. Uh, With the semi-final places secured in the final round of fixtures, so in your opinion, Dan, uh, given your previous involvement with all this, how much has the league improved over the years? Yeah, I think it's been a really interesting one. I think there's still obviously a bit of a divide between, I guess, your top five and, and the bottom five, but then on any given day, any team can surprise the other. And I guess what I've been really surprised at, I guess, in all teams is there's been this level of inconsistency from week to week. So one team might rock up and play brilliant netball on a Saturday and then seven days later they get knocked off by the bottom ranked team. So it's a bit of a head scratcher in terms of how form can change so variably throughout the training week. And I guess that's maybe a little bit of complacency in squads or whatever it might be to put your finger on it. But it's been it's been really interesting from a coaching point of view to see how teams shape up and rock up week after week and obviously frustrating for coaches throughout the season. But I guess from a spectator and fan engagement point of view, you genuinely sit in the crowd and watch a game or you follow it on Twitter or watch it on TV with a real level of openness as the game starts as to who could take the spoils at the end. And I think that level of unpredictability and the closeness when the teams really bring their best, I think has been amazing for the competition. Um, but I'm sure if I was head coaching, I'd be frustrated with the form from week to week from yeah. some of the franchises. But uh, that's why I'm an assistant coach and it's all good. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. There was a spectator. It does make it really exciting, Dan. And you guys have said that as well, haven't you from week to week you just don't know what you're going to see well no I mean from my perspective it's been quite nice because I have nothing at stake here yeah. so I'm able to sit back and just watch it all unfold and uh, you know Dan's he's been right when he talks about the fact that you just never know what's going to happen spectators fans they're getting the money's worth this season they absolutely are and Dan I'm surprised that you had any time to actually come on Netball Nation and talk to us because you've got to be the busiest person ever recently appointed head coach of Northern Ireland Netball ahead of their World Cup 2019 campaign how do you manage your time between your two coaching roles? Yeah, we've managed to work it out quite well. And obviously, we had to put a lot of time in uh, late last year and just ensuring that the two schedules didn't clash and, and complement each other. And obviously, it's quite beneficial here living in Manchester. It's a 30-minute flight over to Belfast to, to work with the squad. And uh, the way it's been working is I've probably spent uh, two weekends every month over in Northern Ireland working with the team since December. So we've had quite a quite a decent amount of time together. And during the week, it's obviously focused on Manchester Thunder. And then when we can fit it in over the weekends, we, we focus, switch the focus to Northern Ireland. So I've enjoyed balancing the two roles and, and really enjoyed working with the Northern Ireland group. They're a really passionate and 
tenacious group to work with and uh, their growth potential is, is something that I'm getting a lot of inspiration out of. So it's been really fun working with them and, and looking forward to, to getting into a little bit more of a full-time program with them once the Super League wraps up. As, as far as Northern Ireland goes, Dan, what's the aim for World Cup? Yeah, look, we're a little bit open-ended as to as to what what we want to achieve. To be honest, I think because we mean we haven't been working together too long, we're we're very open as to where our results and performances may go. And I think at the end of the day, we're really keen to ensure that we keep our top eighth ranking. That's really important for those countries that sit out of, I guess, medal contention to ensure that the ranking points are there, so the funding and all those types of elements that come with it can can maintain. But I mean, if you look at the the Commonwealth Games. Northern Ireland only lost to Malawi by eight goals in in the playoff for sixth and seventh previously. So, you know, for seventh and eighth, sorry. So we we want to go above and beyond where we've ever been before. Uh, whether we've had enough time together to do that, I'm not too sure. But we're certainly going to be going into the World Cup to compete and compete hard. Um, and there's certainly going to be games there where we earmark we we re. We really want to shake things up. Um, and I'm really shifting the mindset of the group to not be looking to just finish eighth because that's what they've done before. They're really aspirational. Um, and how far we go, we'll have to see how we roll out roll out our performances in Liverpool. But um, I'm hopeful that we can do some good things and, and hopefully people really like, like the brand of netball that we produce out there. Yeah, exciting. And when are you looking to make your travelling squad selection done? Well, we're going to have our last training camp um, on the 24th and 25th of May. Um, and obviously the squads need to be submitted by the end of the month. So we'll use up to the 11th hour to, to finalise the team. And obviously we had a few retirements from the Commonwealth Games with a couple of senior players. We've had to really introduce some some new faces and some, some young talent in there. So it's really important from my perspective that we give them as much opportunity in the training environment to, to put their best case forward. And um, looking for forward to a couple of weeks time where we can secure who the 12 representing the Warriors will be. What's it been like for you as well nurturing that that talent that's coming through Dan? Yeah it's been a really interesting process because obviously from my perspective there's a lot of education that has to go into it. I'm really trying to create a a world-class high-performance program with not a huge amount of resources as such but just kind of changing training behaviours, training habits uh, what they see as their benchmark and really trying to raise the standards in all of those elements. And obviously, initially, there was a little bit of a divide between the senior established players and the young kids coming from 21s to seniors. There was quite a gap in what they know and how they know how to train and prepare. So there's been a lot of education going around in that space, um, but also from the senior ones too. They were all great athletes who know how to play the game, but just trying to add a little bit of more of that high-performance approach to the way we play, a little bit more structure and organisation in the way we play the game. And the growth I've seen in them from start to finish, both on the court and also off the court, has, has been good. It's It's been challenging, but uh, certainly really rewarding. And, and hopefully with a few more of those younger kids in the space now, the s- sustainable success for Netball Northern Ireland can continue over the next couple of years. Dan, I think f- just from me, back to semi-finals this weekend, it's either going to be Kerry Ullman's last game for Thunder... Or it's going to be Jess Garland's last game, well, meaningful game, sorry, um, <laughs> in charge. <laughs> so politely. Yeah, in charge of Team Bath. How emotional has it been this week or has it just been sort of let's deal with that when, when we come to it and what are you expecting on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's so important that come a final, be it a semi-final or a grand final, that 
you park the emotion. You can worry about all that stuff when it's done and dusted. And I know for, for Kerry this week, I don't think it would even be in her mind that this could be her last game played in Manchester, whatever it might be. She's trained like an absolute weapon this week, and I think she's really keen to to play in, in the grand final and knows the importance of putting out a big performance this week. And, and certainly, I guess, from the team's perspective, there'll be no recognition of, I guess, that moment and what it means until it's over and until we've done the job. And, you know, the reality of the situation is we've got a massive job to do on Saturday and it's not about any one individual. It's about the team getting out there and doing the performance that we know we're capable of um, and getting ourselves into that grand final to give ourselves, give ourselves a chance of winning the title. And, and when it's all done and dusted, that's the time to celebrate the individuals, celebrate the achievement throughout the year. But um, it's blinkers on. It's all about the job at hand and, and getting it done under pressure. So, um, yeah, Kez, I think, will like that approach. And she doesn't like a fuss, Kerry, but uh, I'm sure she'll be up for a couple of spectacular interceptions. I don't know what you're talking about. She's always making a fuss. What are you talking about? She's like highmaintenance.com. <laughs> Behind closed doors, baby. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so which two teams do you think are going to make it through to the gold medal match at the uh, the World Cup? Oh, good question. Um, I definitely think the Diamonds will be there, and I definitely think that England will be there as well. I think they are the standout teams on their day at the moment. Uh, the team that I am keeping a very, very close eye on, though, is Jamaica, and I think they are probably the team that not many people are talking about. Uh, Dan, I'm talking, yeah, Max, <laughs> I'm talking about them. Yeah, Max has been talking about them. That is exactly what you said, isn't it, Max? Mm. Keep your eye on them. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, like if you look at Jamaica with you know Jodie Ann Ward playing, over here in the Super League, who I think is an absolute machine. She's been amazing. Just a couple of extra additions that they've now got. They probably didn't have standouts at Commonwealth Games. They're a whole new level again. So uh, Jamaica, the dark horse, but I think it's going to be a battle for the Diamonds and the Roses for the gold medal. Well done. Thank you very much. You heard it here first. Thank you so much for joining us on Netball Nation. Ja- uh, Jan, you've changed your name. <laughs> there you go. Just Jan. Wishing you a massive good luck for the semi-finals with Manchester Thunder and also for your World Cup preparations with Northern Ireland. Best of luck with it. Good on you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dan Ryan. Right, it's predictions time, ladies. Are we ready? <laughs> no. Don't I don't know if we've mentioned, but it's a pretty big week, isn't it? It's only, so, only two predictions. Right. Yeah. Well, let's get cracking. <laughs> First up, Wasps are home to Loughborough Lightning at 5pm live on Sky Sports. So we want you to cancel any Saturday plans that you got. Yeah, it's also it. on YouTube as well, Sky. Mm-hmm. Sky have said they're putting it on YouTube. So Fabulous. even if you've not got Sky, get the Sky Sports YouTube yeah. on. Yes, and get, get it streamed. It. Get it on. Uh, then straight afterwards, we cross over to Manchester where Thunder take on Team Bath at 7 o'clock. Exciting day of netball ahead. So, Sarah, first up against the double reigning champions. How you feeling? Ah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. I feel like that little noise just summed it up there. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's just, let's go. Let's do it, you know. I think I think it's now that time of week where you just want it to be the game. So, yeah, yeah excited. Excited to be a good game. Um, new venue for Wasps at Warwick Uni. So, yeah, let's see what's happening. A bit exciting one to see. Uh, right, obviously we're all going to be back in lightning, but what do Loughborough really need to get right in order to make the grand final, Mags? You know what Sarah said, it's just another game of netball mm-hmm. and that's how they need to approach it. It is just another game of netball. Don't get me wrong, you know, it's a huge game of netball. Absolute whopper. Absolutely. Nobody expects, or should I say, a few doubters don't expect uh, Loughborough to come through. I think they will come through because mm-hmm. they've been here before. Play your own game. Look after the ball. Minimise your errors. <laughs> These are all the things that Sarah yeah. will have said to the girls. Enjoy the moment and let the ball do the work for you. Yeah. Sarah, are you nervous at all? 
Not not now. I think I probably will be a little bit, but I think I, I'm, I'm nervous for it. Yeah, no, I feel like my heart's racing. I think I'm just I think I'm just nervous for the girls because I just want them to play well. I think if we play well and and you lose, then that's fine, you yeah. know, because you you've given you've given it all, you've given a good account of yourself and if a better team beats you, then then that's fine. I I just want them to play well and I think that's what I'm nervous about. Absolutely. Uh well, finally, Manchester Thunder v Team Bath is staked up to be a great semi-final. The confidence and the odds are with Team Bath who've taken down Manchester Thunder in both both meets this season but what do we think surely Thunder are going to have something to prove I just can't pick this one you know because I don't think either team would have really wanted this semi-final because no. if you're Thunder you don't really want to play Bath you've beaten you twice if you're Bath you're thinking beating Thunder three times in a year <laughs> is it doable <laughs> is, is that possible mm. um, so I don't think either will be um, mega happy with that draw but it's going to be great. And I, I genuinely am struggling to call this one because I think last time they played, I was like, oh, it's at right, Robbie, which it is again. And, mm. you know, the crowd will be in the face and, and all the rest of it. But Bath played exceptionally well. And I think what's putting doubt in my mind is last time Thunder played well and Bath were just better than them. And then you're sort of like, oh, OK. It wasn't that a team threw it away. Normally I'd, I'd back Thunder at home, but I'm, I'm really struggling to, to call this one. You're going to have to. I'm going to call Bath. You're calling Bath, Max. I'm calling Bath for the simple reason that the momentum is with them. Mm-hmm. They've been constantly building and building and the performances have been getting better and better. There's been a few hiccups in the shooting end for Thunder. Um, I think we're still trying to work out who the best shooting circle, the best two in the shooting yeah. circle should be. And as a consequence of that, I'm going Bath because I think they've just got it right to, at the To be fair, Bath are coming into this final series probably in the best form of anyone. Yeah. They, they've played really, really well. But... Um, I mean, I'm a Manchester girl, so you're going thunder, aren't you? I've, got to, I've got to go thunder. I mean, I, I also do love Bath, and Serena's going to kill me for not backing it. She won't kill but, you. She might just harm you. I was going to say it's just it, yeah. it'll probably just be out of motivation for them. So um, yeah, just, just say that you did it because Mags went for Bath. So yeah, That's obviously, why you wanted to split opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is good then. I like that we've both got two different opinions because we can get back to it and uh, see who was right. Yeah. Well, a big, big netball nation. Good luck to Sarah and the Loughborough girls Absolutely. on Saturday. Of course, we're going to be cheering you want and make sure that you are as well sky sports and if not on there get it on on youtube youtube YouTube. (laughs) where am i from Uh, looking forward to reviewing the semi-finals on next week's episode as we look ahead to the grand final any shout outs from you guys before we wrap this thing up personally i just want to just reinforce what we've said all all program the very best of luck sarah you know it's a big Mm -hmm. game you girls have played big games before you'll keep your calm just do your bizzle and you'll come out Thank at the other you. end. Yes. Thank Can I just give guys. a shout out as well to the guys at Starbucks on Kirkstall Road in Leeds who've put hashtag Netball Nation on my cup. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you, Starbucks. Good, good work. Hopefully, they're going to put hashtag Loughborough Lightning yes, on the next that's one. That's what they need to do. That's what we want. So <laughs> thanks for that, guys. I need to give a shout out to Stacey and West Coast Fever because I think we've worked out every week that we win they lose oh. <laughs> and so I'd, like, I'd, I don't want you to lose Stace but at the same time <laughs> you need to win bit our need is greater than yeah. yours right now you can so. draw Stacey Stacey but, you can draw yeah, yeah. but it's, no good good luck to um, Fever playing playing ooh, Swifts this weekend is the wedding still on the wedding that. is still on <laughs> the wedding well so far yeah best of luck best of yeah, luck but good luck this weekend Netball Nation. once again huge good luck to you and the Loughborough Lightning girls we are all rooting thank for you, you. Uh, and thank you to you guys our listeners for 
listening to Netball Nation. To listen to our podcasts, head over to mynetballnation.com and follow us on all the social platforms at mynetballnation. Also, as we announced at the start of the show, if you'd like to support us in making Netball Nation bigger, better and even more awesome, you can help us at mynetballnation.com forward slash support and we will love you forever. We might even get your name put on a Starbucks cup. So there you go. (laughs) See you next week, guys. Bye, Bye, This is Netball Nation.